All right, you ready? I think I'm ready. Let's do it. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 30, episode 30 of the What Makes Us Human podcast. Right here is John Lindemann over there is J.R. Parks. And we have our first special guest on the show this week, don't we? We do. We do. My brother-in-law, Travis Kerr, is with us. Say what's up, Travis. What's up, guys? Excited to be here. So, yeah, we're excited to have you. This is going to be awesome. Um, I like doing this because you never know how it's going to roll until it rolls. And it never rolls the way you think it might roll. It usually rolls better. That was a lot of mentioning the word That's roll. a lot of rolls. You're yeah. on a roll, man. Do you remember Quincy's? Quincy's, yes. The big, the giant, fat, soft rolls. The big, fat yeast. Yes. Roll. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And now that I'm in my 40s, I look like a yeast roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. I'm, I'm right under 200. I'm like 198. And as long as I can keep it there, because, you know, people that don't know me might be picturing this guy that they don't need to be picturing, but I just got the little extra. How did we already get to that? Uh, it doesn't take long with you. It doesn't, does it? No. <laughs> it does not. All right. So for this episode... Oh, and by the way, technically for us, what day is today? Sunday. It's Halloween. It's, yeah, technically it's Halloween right now. Um, but for our listeners, this comes out on Wednesday, which would be November the 3rd. 3rd. Yeah, the 3rd. So uh, Travis is coming over, I think, later in the evening and all the kids, and uh, which are get, the kids are getting older. You start feeling older when the kids show up and you're the shortest person in the room, but you're the oldest. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but they're coming over and we're going to have some fun and eat too much and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I got to install our ring doorbell still. Okay. Um, it's one of those things where my wife asked me to install it in January and now it's Halloween and, uh, right. So, but I I don't want to just install it like too quick because then I'm going to regret it and it needs to be at the right height and all this. So I think I'm just going to like lay it in the mums right there at the, uh, at the door so we can tell, cause we don't have a doorbell. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so you don't have any kind of you don't have any kind of wiring for a doorbell. Mm-mm. Because people now use like ring. Yeah. Yeah. But they still usually connect to the wiring for a standard doorbell. So. Yeah, I don't think this one does. It's totally uh completely wireless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she seems to know more about it than I do. So. Okay. They have carry wired up. <laughs> have carry wired up. Yep. Okay. All right. The care bear. She's the bomb. So, well, for today's um, episode, it, it's not rolling the way I thought it would roll. I've already talked about my fat roll. Um, <laughs> so, for today's episode, we are actually going to talk about like trade jobs, skills, trades, like plumbers and electricians. And, um, like, I went, I got my degree, but do I use it? Nope. Will I ever use it? Probably not because it's an underwater basket weaving, as I like to say. Um, and there's not a whole lot of people that are, you know, really looking on what's it called where you put your resume or whatever. LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody on LinkedIn is looking for somebody to weave baskets underwater. So I, I don't know if I'll ever use my degree. I wanted to teach, but by the time I graduated, um, I was out of cash. I just assumed you wanted to, uh, you know, be Indiana Jones going all around the world. Indiana Jones? What are yeah. you talking about? So, uh, right. So, uh, so I got my degree in classical antiquity and archaeology because um, I wanted to teach. But if you don't have your master's, that is not going to happen, yep. kid. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Life rolls in funny ways. 
but something has happened in my family over the past, let's see, almost two years, probably. Yeah, right at yeah. two years. About 21 months, something like that. Something happened in my family that has lit this whole new fire that has just changed the game for all of us pretty much. Um, because, and I, Travis is going to tell how this all went down because I'm st- still not 100% certain, certain how this started, really. But um, we've kind of got into a little business as a family. And, you know, the other month ago or so, I was thinking this is kind of like a trade because, you know, it's you get dirty. I've been in people's attics, basements, estate sales. Uh, I, I've just, I mean, co- the, the nooks and crannies of people's homes that you would never think you would see. Um, and sometimes it's a, a beautiful multi-million dollar home. And sometimes it's a dirt floor and it smells like cat pee. Yes. Right. <laughs> cat houses. Cat houses. So, uh, well, there's certain types, there's different types of cat houses. But, uh, yeah, stay out of the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. next level cat houses. Next level cat houses. Yeah. So um, the really good cat houses, you're not, we're not supposed to be in and they don't smell like cat pee. So, but anyway, uh, so it's it's a lot like a trade, and we're going to talk about reselling some. All right. Yep. So, <clears throat> so Travis, introduce yourself. Yep. So um, I'm Travis Kerr, and um, uh, my f- family and and myself have a uh, a YouTube channel, and uh, so the really the I guess the genesis of all this is when uh, COVID first came around. Uh, we were looking for a set of golf clubs for my son. And so we started going to like Goodwills and things of that nature. Your youngest? Uh, no, I believe the the oldest. Okay. And so, you know, we did, we certainly didn't want to spend a ton of money on, on something to see if he was going to stick with it. And I think we may have picked up a, a, a couple golf clubs and, you know, thought that, hey, maybe we could sell these, uh, you know, maybe one or two that we found. And then... Um, but I think what really spawned it off is that we, um, sold, uh, I think a router in our house that we never opened or used and it sold like for computers. In, yeah. And it sold in like 20 minutes. And so, um, my son also then picked up another router at, um, uh, a thrift store and it sold like in minutes. And of course, during that time, uh, was like the perfect storm for home office equipment right. and things of that because everybody was having to work from home and it was really just like the like I said the perfect storm to, to kind of get a fire uh, or a passion for reselling um, you know just based off of that and um, we look back 21 22 months from now and um, you know we're shipping out on pace uh, for I mean 24 to 2500 items this year um, wow it, it is uh, exploded into a full-fledged business and um and uh something that is you know we're super passionate and excited about and and something that we hope you know certainly helps other people from a financial perspective if they want to do it themselves uh and so that's kind of what spawned our our youtube channel is can that uh you know show people how we do it and so if if they want to try it on their own then then they can do it because anybody can do this now what's the name of your youtube channel uh, Kerr Family Flip Show, so K E R R Family Flip Show, and so it's it's new, maybe a bit cringeworthy, but um, something that uh, I I have fun doing, and it's just a cool way to kind of chronicle what we do and and uh, hopefully help other people out. I like it because, and that's K E R R. Some people say car, but it's Kerr. Um, K E R R Family Flip Show. 
I like it because uh, you kind of go through every aspect of the of what you do. Like um, <clears throat> there'll be, and y'all kind of speed it up, fast forward it so it sees y'all walking real fast to a yard sale, and then it slows down when you find something at the yard sale, and then you speed walk back to the car. Kind, you got the music playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, I have, um, and then you bring it home and show what you do once you get the item to the house. Yeah. So I have um, the first few episodes were probably in the teens of minutes. And then so, so for someone like myself that has, uh, I started watching it and I was like, well, if I was watching this, I want to see this sped up a little bit because uh, my attention is lost very easily. So I started speeding those uh, episodes up a little bit and trying to just get to the meat of, of what we do. So um, some of those are maybe a, a, a little bit faster, but yeah, we, we definitely have fun with it. Now, I you know, I kind of compared reselling. That's what we call it, right? Yep, reselling. Reselling. So I kind of compared reselling at the beginning to like a trade. Um, so, Jared, what kind of trades are you good at? <laughs> is your job a trade? Your job's kind of a trade, isn't it? It's kind of a trade uh, in the sense that, like, you don't necessarily need a degree for it. Like, a degree doesn't really help you with it. Right. Uh, certificates can help, much like trades. Uh, but maybe it's a white collar trade, whereas a lot of trades are blue collar. I work in IT. Yeah, so. there it is. I thought, should I ask him or is he going to? Okay, yeah. yeah. So something I, yeah, I could I never with, ever do. Yeah, I work with computers. And uh, funny enough, on the on the subject at hand, you know, I, over the past year, I've started selling some, you know, odds and ends from from work from stuff that's being recycled, being right, rid yeah. of. Yeah, and. Uh, Processors are very popular right now, so yes, they uh, are. It's, it's worked out pretty well, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's. I guess it might be considered a trade in that sense because experience and maybe some certifications matter a lot more than, than a degree. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Travis, your grandfather, one of the manliest men I've ever met. So he was a tradesman because he, I, I don't know where he started, but I know he knew a lot about HVAC stuff and he ended up being the head over ma- the maintenance department in the giant plant that he was at right yeah yeah so i i was thinking about that and uh how much more i admire someone like that especially since um he didn't have youtube uh to go look at how to do something i was gonna say but if because, he did it would have been an epic channel <laughs> oh yeah yeah because like everything that i fix that could maybe potentially possibly be considered impressive um is has come from a step-by-step YouTube channel. Otherwise, they just rip stuff apart and put yep. it back together, and they figured it out. And the, the fact that um, they could do that just shows you um, how much smarter <laughs> how, <laughs> how much smarter he was than I am uh, for for sure. So Mike Rowe, I gotta I gotta say, I gotta say this. I love Mike Rowe. Um, I listen to his podcast. Um, I love the show Dirty Jobs, but that, you know, it's been around for a long time now. Um, and I think he's got a couple other irons in the fire that may be coming out soon or may have already come out. But Mike Rowe has always said that the, the trades jobs, trade skills, they're not just a job, but they're a state of mind. And I think that is so true <clears throat> because I like for me, you know, I got in on this and I probably aggravated the crap out of uh, Travis and his and my nieces and nephews, and I know I aggravated the heck out of my son because I now that I'm in my 40s, I can look back, and at some point in my mid-30s, I realized, you know what? I'm a smart guy. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm not the dumbest guy in the world. 
But I, I started figuring out if we learn a new card game, I'm the last guy at the table to finally be like, oh, I got this. It takes me a little longer. But once I've got it, it's in the vault and I've got it. And in my 20s, it frustrated me because I wasn't sure what was, what was up. But now that I'm in my 40s, I can see that. And so as we got into this, I had to learn first, there's a big secret in reselling. And it took me a while to get it. But once I got it, I got it. And the big secret is what you think is valuable is not necessarily what's valuable on the platform on which you sell. 100% correct. Right. Yeah. If it says collectible, it's not collectible. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like... Uh, Comic books, you know, there was okay. a thing where there was a thing with comic books where once the comic book companies realized that some of the older comic books were were becoming collectible, yeah, they started issuing out collectors' editions and, and special editions and things that were marketed that way, right? But they made so many of them to try to take advantage of that market that they're really not worth anything. Yeah, so they saturated it. They're still, yeah, there still exists. A market for actual collectible stuff, but most of the stuff that says like collector's edition or special edition or yeah. I think about the the Death of Superman series that that DC did. Okay, uh, when I was younger, that's that way. You know, it was meant to be this big thing, but they made so many issues of it. It didn't. I mean, huh. it's not really worth what what you, what they hoped it would be. Yeah, and you know, uh, it's kind of like Beauty's and I, the Beholder, like. I've learned at a yard sale, for instance, that you'll run into somebody and they've got something that's literally worth $4, but to them, you know, that thing is priceless. Sure. And you kind of have to figure out if, you know, am I going to insult the heck out of this person? Sometimes you got to let something go because if you make an offer on it in order for you to have meat on the bone to resell it, you're going to insult them and then you're going to lose the rest of the day with them. You know, so you got to kind of pick and choose. But for me to learn this business, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm sure I aggravated the heck out of everybody because it took me a little bit longer. So Travis, tell everybody what we about our cold winter this past winter and what we would do. Yeah, so when yard sale season dries up, uh, <laughs> one of the ways that uh, we source inventory is from something called a bin store. So a bin store is B I N. Right, correct. <laughs> um, I'm sure they would. The audience will probably would probably have trouble spelling that. Um, would be my guess anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, no, a bin store is where um, items that have maybe been returned by Amazon or maybe have um, maybe overstocked in certain stores were uh, sent back uh, to, to Amazon. And, and so a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of uh, places they don't want their returns back because it takes so much money to process those. So in some cases, these things get sent back and there are various vendors that get contracts that accept the returns from Amazon. And so uh, we go to uh, a bin store that's located. Uh, there's a couple, maybe two or three of them. Uh, one is in Hickory. One is in Morganton uh, called bin five. And so we, will get there early on their opening day. And, and they're and, called Ben 5 because they used to be $5 on opening day. Right. Now they're $7. Right. Okay. Inflation has happened rapidly right. for Ben 5. Yeah. Right. So everything on opening day is, is $7. And so their opening day is on Saturdays. And so uh, we, as a family tradition, we would get up at, Five and the uh, butt crack of dawn. Yes, yes, and they don't open till nine, and so we would be 
not the first people in line, but but close to it because that's when all the new items come out, and then they progressively get cheaper throughout the week. So uh, it's uh, seven dollars on Saturdays, and it'll go five, four, three, two, and then fill up a bag until they kind of get rid of everything. And so we would um, now you your drive. So for our listeners, Travis's drive is like he would come by my house and pick me up. But then we still, and he lives about 25 minutes from me. But then we had like a 40 minute drive to the one in Morganton. Yeah. So you really were getting up early and making the haul. Yep. And we're arriving there by six in the morning. Yep. And they don't open until nine. Nine o'clock. Right. right. And one morning it was 16 degrees. Yes. 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 I thought my my toes were going to fall off, but. uh... So it's it's probably the equivalent of um, somebody who's into hunting. Uh, you know, you, you make that sacrifice and you're in the deer stand so early in the morning. I, that's kind of what... No bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you had to get real creative. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, primitive out there. And so, but no, it's... <laughs> as, it's a, as a deer hunter, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you definitely... There's some parallels there for Cold sure. Cold pecker. You get up yeah. early. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and so, uh, the, it's, cer- it's certainly, uh, exciting. I'm sure you get that same adrenaline rush as a, as a hunter would. As soon as those doors open, yes. you just kind of, uh, are going crazy. And, and the cool part about it is to get something that's worth two or $300 fairly consistently for five uh, bucks for five to $7. Now, naturally there are some things that have been returned and they've been returned for a reason, um, so you have to be careful there and you certainly have to take your, 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 um, your shots and you can get the items inspected and open one at a time. But that was one of our primary sources whenever our preferred source, which is yard selling is, uh, you know, ser- yard sale season kind of ends right around this time of the year. Yeah. It went kerplunk yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have to start, you know, now talk about, yeah. okay. Talk about the biggest, um, the craziest, uh, what am I trying to say? You get this one box home, and you were excited to open it up, but what it said was in it is not what was in it. Yeah. So one, uh, I, we bought um, one of those massage guns uh, that, I don't know, the, the heavy-duty ones. I don't know if you've seen okay. them, but it has like the little, I mean, it, they're, they're crazy. And uh, they're super popular to, to resell. And uh, <laughs> I got home. And I opened that, and there was half of a uh, brick paver in there and some uh, cut-up T-shirt. So I guess what people do, some dishonest people, is they will buy things, and uh, they make it weigh the same thing. Sure. And they return it. And uh, and then they get an item for free. Yep. And, and somehow sleep at night. Yeah, and no one uh, inspects it. But that's on us, right? Because we buy so much volume that it is... We just do not go wait in that line, this long line to get a I'll few get items inspected. Checked. Right. Yeah. Right. So we know right in, we price that in that we know that we're going to have some losers uh, whenever we go, but we win a lot more than we lose. Uh, but that's, that is certainly, uh, uh, can be exciting. Again, it's not our preferred source of sourcing. Yard sales by far are, are, yep. are probably Especially the, the, the community. Best. Yeah. Yard sale. Yeah. Oh, that 100-mile yard sale 21 every year probably really excites you guys. Yeah. I, somehow I missed that this year. Yeah, we, we did too. Yeah, and I, I was out of town, myself, and I was right. like, ah! 
Um, now let me let me tell you this. Uh, so one week we were there, and one thing that Travis hasn't said yet, so I'll spill it. Is that when when they when they lo- open the door and you walk in to this bin place? I haven't been there in months, but I, I'm pro- I may end up back in here in the winter time. But they hand you this really El Cheapo trash bag. And that's what you can put your stuff in. But the boxes end up ripping the bag. And the bag's really hard to open. Um, but one week, we were there. And I noticed hundreds of these little packages with what's called a limb saver in it. And it's a, if, if you're into guns, you know what a limb saver is. And you can put it on the butt of your gun to save your shoulder from some of the kick. And usually people put them on shotguns if they're going to shoot was it double alt buck or whatever? Um, <clears throat> and there were hundreds of these things. And I thought, well, you know, normally when there's a lot of, of inventory of one thing, it means it's not worth as much. Um, and so that was back when things were $5. And I comped it on eBay where I, where you look it up on your phone. And I noticed they were selling for over $20 a pop. And they had a great sell-through rate. And I look up and my nephew... <laughs> has an armload of them and is sticking them in his bag and see, uh, getting back to, to where I learned about my weakness and, and how to deal with it, about being a little slower on the uptake with some of this stuff. I was like, okay, Camden, my nephew is, he's really quick. And this tells me these things are gold. And I look over at my son and he's got one and he's thinking, and when he sees me, he looks at my nephew and we all just instantly started grabbing these things, you know. But then Travis walks over and he's like, all right, let's come down from the emotional mountain a second. And I we were okay. You know, and I thought, oh, no, what, what's wrong? You know, he's he's seen something on the app that we didn't see. And actually, I think that's when these were $7. We'd already gone up to $7. And Travis said, if we hold our breath and just wait until Monday, and everybody pray that a reseller does not come in here the rest of this weekend. We can get these puppies for three bucks a pop. Well, that Monday I had off work and me and my nephew and Ty hop in the van and we drove back up there and we were like, Lord, please let these things still be in there. And you're right. It's like being a hunter. I was like, if I round this corner, it's like I'm going to see a 10 point buck if I see these. And they were all still there. And we loaded up, and I'm just about to where I sold my last one. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is I tried to negotiate with the the manager there uh, the day that we were there. Yeah, and uh, he just looked at me and said, "No, <laughs> like I'm I'm not doing that." And we were I, I was offering higher than the the three dollar yep. day, so they literally missed out on. Bank. Maybe a couple thousand dollars between all of this. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I bought 150 of them, I think. Yeah. 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 But we've, we've sold those steadily. Oh, yeah. For months. And as soon as dove season opened up, it's like they started flying. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. And it makes sense because you can go out, you can go out in a day in dove season and go through a couple boxes of shells. So something like that can. Really help you not be sore the next yes. day. So if you're shooting that much volume, so and I've only had one problem out of one where this guy said uh, <clears throat> it didn't fit his gun, you know, and I'm like, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they're 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 kind of sort of universal, but yep. you know, it's I think these were mediums. Yeah, they're all mediums. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's it really just capitalizing on 
a store that overstocked them and wanted to get rid of them quickly and just sent them back in. Um, that, uh, you know, if you're patient, you know, there's seasons for everything. Yeah. And uh, it's just really making a good uh, investment decision on knowing that uh, eventually in the long haul, you're going to do really well with something. All right. So speaking of that, doing really well with something, tell us what's, what's the, uh, what's your number one so far? What's been your Holy grail? Just like the, the thing that hit it out of the park for you. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple things. Uh, I've got an, I'm, I'm hoping what I'm thinking is right. I've got an idea of what it probably is, but we'll see. Yeah. I've got a, a few things in mind. Okay. Um, and, and so I'm just going to try to guess which one maybe you're mm-hmm. talking about is yep. the the Star Wars hall, possibly. I was thinking the the that golf club bag you bought. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably our highest do- single highest dollar find ever. Uh, yeah, ever uh, in in just one sitting. And so we were actually at a flea market, and uh, it's on one of our maybe our. Uh, the most insane find that we've ever had. It's I think that's what it's titled on our YouTube channel. But this uh, was Jared. This was the Jamestown Road on the way right at the base of the of Black Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamestown Road flea market. Yeah. So uh, Camden and I went to this flea market, and we did not have good success there the first time we went. John, I believe you were with us, and it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, they were basically selling half used bottles of Tylenol. Yeah, it was just not good. And so we decided to give it another shot, and so glad we did because we ended up buying a lot more than just um, this this particular find. But uh, we saw these um, uh, a set of golf clubs. And we um, ended up buying the bag and all the clubs for, I believe, $80. Okay. And I think we have officially sold every single club in that bag. Oh, really? Already? Yeah. It it only took maybe like a week and a half or two weeks. And uh, I believe our gross sales out of that entire bag were probably $1,500 to $1,600. For 80 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But those funds are out there. Like, we've bought... Um, a $12 Amway water system that was sealed. Uh, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't know Amway water systems were that. I mean, we sold that for $600. Oh, Amway from like the 80s. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. But yeah, I guess before they keep changing their name anytime they about get in trouble. Um, but they, uh, $15 or 12 to $15 for this uh, water system, uh, filtration system, it sold for $600. Really? Uh, we found a Star Wars lot that, which you saw. Yep. For $15, an entire box at a thrift store. And that thing probably had over $1,000 worth of items in it. That's crazy. We bought a DVD VCR combo, the ones that record back and forth at a yard sale for 20 bucks that sold for $600. Uh, I mean, Good the, Lord, the list man. goes on and on. Uh, and, then, you know, it's, yeah. it is it is rare, but the more you, if you do this all the time, it becomes a little less rare, I guess you would say. Yeah, I would say we have multiple $200, dollars $400 sales on a fairly regular basis. And so the thing that we try to do is get base hits. Um, you know, if I'm looking for something, they're like t- small investment decisions. It's like buying a stock. Yeah. And so if it's, you know, cost me $5, I, you know, I hope to 5X, at least 5X that, that money. Um, you know, from a gross sales perspective. So if it's five, you know, if it sells for 25 to $30 plus shipping, then yeah, I'm probably going to pull the trigger on that if it sells well. But if you're consistent and you look for base hits, you will eventually hit a home run or a grand slam. It's just 
that simple. You just have to be consistent. You can't go to Goodwill one time and say, oh, I found nothing. I quit. Like we're just consistent and yep. persistent. We yep. don't stop. Um, and you go through dry spells. You will. Where you go to Goodwill and there's nothing. Then you go back and there's nothing. And you go back and there's nothing. Um, and see, Ty, my son, he kept saying, I was like, I don't know about this. And I had I was getting right at my six-month period, my, uh, my six-month point in this. And he pretty much told me, he was <laughs> like, Dad, once people get to six months, they don't stop because they've got so much invested in time and what have you. He said, you have got, I'm not letting you stop. Before you hit six months, you got, I, I said, I'm going to keep crawling. You know, I was kind of ho-hum about it, a little bit of Eeyore about it. Um, and he told me, he said, I'll tell you how to make money. I said, how? And he said, well, when's the last time you went to Goodwill? I was like, well, I have a real job, you know? And he said, no, when you get off, Goodwill's still open. You need to take your happy butt in there every day this week. And that week is what changed the game for me. I drug my happy butt in there every day. And every day I found something. And then that stuff started selling. And now I go pretty much every day of my life. You know what I mean? And the days I'm off work, I go three times a day. Yeah. Uh, I so. have a friend who who does this as his primary job. And uh, he and his wife have built up a, a really good business with this. But he actually doesn't do the eBay thing um, because he – or uh, he does, sorry. He does the eBay thing. He doesn't do the Goodwill thing. Okay. Because he said he said the biggest store on eBay is run by Goodwill, so most of the good stuff doesn't make it through. He said, you know, hmm. once in a while you get stuff through, but you know, I guess his experience, he didn't have much luck, and it's because Goodwill was actually selling the stuff on eBay. Huh. But I know you guys obviously have a clearly different experience. Yeah. His his, uh, his main thing is auctions. He goes to auctions and buys you know just boxes, oh yeah boxes of stuff and then goes through. Yeah. You know, he he was telling me this past week he. Uh, Went to an auction, bought everything there for like 150 bucks, and took them two and a half weeks. Took them two and a half weeks to catalog everything from the auction. I can believe it. Um, but out of 150 bucks, he made almost two grand. Wow! You know, yeah. So it, yeah. It, it it it's it's there's work involved. There's yeah. a lot of work involved. Yeah, it's not passive. No. It's definitely not a passive type deal. You, you certainly work at it, and uh, if there's a form of sourcing. We've probably done it uh, from estate sales to yard sales to uh, Amazon return stores to mystery boxes. Um, and now my oldest niece, what is uh, wh- who does she buy? Joe Mar or something? Yeah. So her niche is really high in clothing. And this girl, my daughter, <laughs> crazy. I'm so proud of her. Uh, she absolutely crushes it with clothing. And she can I can unleash her upon a goodwill. And she will come out with like four Lululemon items, some frame jeans, and about four or five other brands that I'm not even familiar with. And, yeah, stuff I've never heard of. Yeah, and and speaking of of like those several hundred dollar sales, I mean, she's sold a jacket or a coat for like six hundred, five or six hundred dollars. I can't remember the exact sales price. She crushes it. Yeah, um, and I, I have. Um, she she does buy. She finds a lot of used clothing that's in good condition, and her primary platform is is called Poshmark. And so um, she also does buy boxes from uh, various vendors. And I think the main one that she uses is Jomar. And so there's actually a YouTube video of uh, – because the kids, they, they, they really don't want to be on video, and, and, and I get it. 
But uh, so I actually went through one of her mystery boxes from Jomar, and it was ten items, and uh, they were all. She bought a premium jeans box, so you don't know exactly what's going to be in there. You just know they're going to be like high end. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah and so uh, I we go through that box, and the tags are still on those items, and that. So she paid two hundred and fifty dollars for this box, but the tags on each pair of these things were like three hundred to five hundred dollars a piece. That's crazy. And she yeah. paid basically $25 a pair. Right, yeah. right. So there was one that really wasn't that great that we, it was like a, almost like a generic pair of, you know, Levi's or something that were decent, but not great. It was something I had heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rest of them were uh, like super high end. I think she's already sold maybe two or three of those pairs. Um, but, and, and she's in the money like pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Obviously you can't sell clothing even with tags on it the retail value is always way overstated even in the store but um you know she certainly sells them for for three digits on a regular basis that's crazy Mm -hmm. i have i've been i've been doing this for 13 months now and i have yet to find lululemon i cannot find it it's unreal but i mean every once in a while i'll still go over there and well let's take a look you know, you're in the, the women's uh, athletic area. Uh, yeah. Gear looking yeah, through there. Yeah. And I can't find it, man. I have never found it. I feel like it's like, see, I, I personally, I don't think fish actually exist. I think fish are like a government conspiracy because anytime anybody takes me fishing, there's no fish to be found anywhere, you know? And I'm starting to wonder if Lululemon is like fish. It's just not real, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I've never found it to uh, this day. Ellie and I went during the week this week and to and she's i swear she comes out with like three or four or five crazy lululemon items uh and she she's really good at it she has an eye for it she has a knack for it and uh it's just really a cool survival skill that uh i know that um that the two kids in, in my family they have um it's your two oldest yeah mm-hmm, yep. for, for sure for yep. sure I, I think that that's the cool thing is that you can get kids involved in this and um, they can be good at it from a pretty young age. And uh, See, it's really like a trade. Like if you were an electrician, you know what I mean? And you realize that your two oldest have a real knack for what you're And then you turn around and they're doing almost, almost at times better than you are. You know what I mean? It's it's just crazy how. Uh, yeah. I mean, I put it like this. Like I'm, I'm in banking and I have been for like nearly uh, 20 years. And but. Big corporations like the uh, they make decisions not based off of your feelings. They make decisions based off of of non emotion. They they look at numbers. numbers, and so they can tell you or your employer if you're a W two wage earner, they can tell you to take a hike at any moment. And so one cool thing is is that this is a lifelong survival skill, in my opinion. Yep. Like it, it's the modern day American survival skill. It's not the primitive you know, uh, alone or naked and afraid, uh, or survivor, but it, but it certainly is a modern day survival skill in my opinion, in the sense that I, I know that I could have my son Camden right now at 17 years old. I think that I could let him go into the world right this moment and yep. he could literally survive on his own and your son too, Ty, yep. they could survive on their own if they had to based off of this skill set alone. So if they decide to do something else later on in life, whatever. But if everyone else says take a hike, 
used items that are being sold on the e-commerce platform aren't going away ever. No. So it's uh-huh. a, a, I think it's a really cool skill set to have. Not only that, managing a profit and loss statement, managing a balance sheet. And, and here comes my, my nerdy banker statements. But um, I, I think it's just a really cool lifelong skill to um, for your children to learn and, and, you know, even for individual adults like us two in our 40s. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, Jared's not in his 40s yet. And actually, you're nowhere near your 40s. That's true. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about education a minute. So uh, one of the cool things about this is, you know, you can, and you shared a story with me this week. Maybe you can repeat a little bit, um, but where you bump into somebody that has an interest in the e what you call e-commerce platform, you know? Um, so let's talk about education and how you can, because to me, that's that's one of the things that I've learned is really thrilling for me because I had an experience this week where I went to Goodwill and I bumped into a buddy and it's like, what you doing here? And he said, well, uh, actually, I'm here to, I want to start doing what you've been doing. And I was like, oh, and I kind of took him around. But talk about the, I think you ran into a young fella at a yard sale or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, um, pretty cool that like, you know, somebody has seen me filming and then I ran into them again. Uh, a, a young gentleman who, you know, is, is a teenager, probably about our, our son's age that is trying to get into it. And, you know, he started asking, you know, f- about what we sell and what we do. And uh, so the coolest thing I, I think is, is that in life, I, I truly believe this um, is that if you want to be successful, I think you certainly have to try to help other people be successful. Right. And so I've been asked multiple times, like even on our like YouTube channel and people have said, why in the world would you show other people what you do? Because isn't that going to um, create competition and other people are going to be taking your items? And yeah, so, but there's a really an infinite amount of inventory out there. It, there is not going away. It's not going to dry up. People and, have a lot of crap. It, they they do. <laughs> they can get rid they of. Do. Yeah. So how many millions of people are in America? Um, Three hundred and thirty million. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So our market that we sell to is nationwide. In some cases, worldwide. Uh, when we do the international shipping program, um, and so the U.S. territories. I mean, there is so much Guam. out there, so much available, and there's so many niches in this. So like, you may watch. Um, our YouTube channel or some other resellers or uh, that, that may focus on certain things. So I know like your son, uh, John Ty has, has switched his focus to selling used shoes and it is unbelievable. And if I did that, we would starve. (laughs) Right. But there's people that absolutely crush it doing that. There's people that focus on clothing. I do not like shopping for clothing. I don't like buying it. I don't like reselling it. And generally the only thing that we focus on, if it is something that's vintage, if it says made in USA, maybe some old, like really old timey vintage, like NASCAR type things uh, we, we may pick up from a clothing perspective, but there are people that absolutely crush it doing clothing. Um, so there's, and then I, we don't, I don't really buy knickknack type items. Yeah. That's hard. That's really hard. But there's people that do very, very well with that. Yeah. And so there's a lady on YouTube. She's a older lady she's retired now. Um, and she lavender clothesline, that's the name of her channel. Mm -hmm. And she does knickknacks and I'm like, man, there is no way uh, you know, if I bought what she, I just don't have it. You know, yeah. you kind of have to have it and she's got it. And books, books is another big one. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking about this 
Because in my limited experience with this, I focused on electronics because it's what I know. You know, it's what I do for a living yeah. anyway. So yeah. I know this equipment. And, but even there, I've learned because I've learned first time I, I gutted out systems and I learned, okay, well, this, this, and this sells. I can sell out of every processor I have in 90 seconds. I can't sell memory. I, I can sell memory very slowly over time. Right. But the kind of the other odds and ends just don't sell. I mean, you know, if I try to sell a motherboard, it sells for twenty bucks, and shipping costs me thirteen, and the fees bite. It's it's you know it's not worth the headache. Not worth. So it. you know, it's, some of that's learning as well as you get into it. But yeah, yeah. Focus. Sometimes it's focusing on what you know or learning about a specific area. Yeah. If you want to get into it. So I've noticed here lately that <clears throat> I guess I know about eighties toys, and I didn't realize I knew about eighties toys because everywhere I go, I'm finding toys from my childhood. I was born in seventy six. Bicentennial baby. And uh, I don't know why I said that, but it's true. Um, but <clears throat> so I hit like this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle lot mother load two weeks ago. And that's my done. brother was very interested in. Your brother was very, and he bought something. And my wife was very interested. That's in. right. Uh, and I, I had a major sale off of that yesterday. Um, it, it's crazy. Uh, but everywhere I go, and so I guess it's been, you kind of, it's revealed to you in this, well, what you really know, because you can turn your knowledge into money. So Travis, what did that, did that kid have questions for you or? Yeah. I mean, you ran into, yeah. So he was asking me, he was like, so what are, and I, we were, I was in the middle of a community yard sale. And so I took some time and just showed him some of the things that, that we bought. And he kind of shared with me what he did. And, uh, he asked me several questions. And so, um, that that's the the cool thing about it is really just being able to to show others uh, this same survival skill um, as well because that's truly what I look at it like is 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 te- learning to make really good small uh, investment decisions because each on the fly right yeah right and and so if you learn a couple few simple things about looking at what the demand for something is and it's actually a lot easier than you think is, you know, if you find something with an identifiable serial or model number and you go on eBay within a few clicks, you can see how many of those items are listed and how many have sold in the last 90 days. And so like, you know, Jared was saying earlier, I mean, you learn and your knowledge expands. So yeah, definitely start with what you know and just start building that knowledge base out. And we noticed with our kids at the bin five, uh, by the time it got to February, our kids had really taken off. Well, you and your kids had really taken off for sure. And uh, I I couldn't help Ty because I was kind of late to the game. I, I got in on it a little later. Um, but our, our boys, we started noticing that people were finding them on Instagram and all of a sudden they had questions because they realized they're doing really good, you know, and, and people were starting to – talk to our boys about now, what are y'all looking for? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, you just know, you see that knowledge start coming out. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, that really comes in handy with this, which I think a lot of people don't, maybe don't realize when they first go into eBay or open up the app on their phone is there's a difference in what people are asking for the item versus what it's actually selling for. Yeah. And yes. learning how to do that quick filter where, yep. you, where you choose yep. show sold items yep. is is key. Because somebody can be asking two hundred dollars or something, but if it's worth twenty bucks and you buy it for thirty, well you're not, romp, you're romp, not getting romp. so all right, so I brought up Granddaddy Perry and his uh 
he was very knowledgeable. I kind of felt little in his presence because he was such a man's man. You know what I'm saying? Um, my godfather, uh, I called him Uncle Doug. Uh, he, he was like, you know, best friends with my dad. And I, of course, I looked up to both of them tremendously. Um, there, I know my dad is really proud of, uh, what Ty's done with this. Um, I know Uncle Doug would be in awe. Uncle Doug was big into Amway when Amway was really big. Um, and he thought outside the box with Amway and he made a lot of money with it. So anyway, I, I just, I just got to say to kind of land this plane that, um, you know, Uncle Doug's not around anymore, but I know he would be extremely proud. Um, I know Granddaddy Perry would be extremely proud. It's cool to see the family growing together because like me and you didn't text. We didn't call a whole lot before this. And now I feel like this has grown our relationship as brothers-in-law or brother-in-laws, whichever it is, you know? Um, So I think this has made the family tighter um, and that is awesome. So, uh, cause I come from a small family and so I really relish the big family thing, you know? So uh, anyway, the education aspect, the getting dirty aspect, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a state of mind. You have to know when to reel it in and and put it away so you can enjoy your evening because it can be addictive. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to make make time for family, you know, and and right. keep all that boxed and in, in the right compartments and stuff. But um, anybody got anything else? I think I'm good. Episode thirty. Absolutely. Wow, we've been doing this thirty weeks. Yeah. So we, we might have to start thinking about more special guests. Sure. I think Travis is a natural. What do you think, JR? I think he did good. I think he yeah. did good, yeah. Well, right. hopefully you can find somebody a little more special than uh, than me. Oh, this was awesome, man. You're special, dude. <laughs> this was awesome. All right. Well, Jared, you want to do the uh, social media thing? Sure. Uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WMUH Podcast. You can email us, WMUHpodcast at gmail.com. If... Uh, this is something you're involved in. We'd like to hear your stories. See yes, what, uh, you know maybe what's the the best uh, item that you've that you've managed to turn over, or or your biggest flop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there's certainly those. So, well, folks, we will see you next week for episode thirty one. Thirty one. See ya.